This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Football Friday podcast as we get ready for week 10 in the National Football League. It began last night. With Carolina running the ball well behind Dante Foreman and beating Atlanta 22-15. So Carolina, much beleaguered Carolina Panthers get a win over Atlanta. Atlanta stayed in a lot of games this year. They got into this game late. They really were outplayed. And and Carolina ran the ball really well and put pressure on the quarterback when they had to. So they get a hard-earned victory, and the franchise could sure use one. All right, very, very Peculiar week this week in the NFL. We'll get to a lot of it. There's a lot of key injuries, some strange stuff going on. First, the buys. Jets at 6-3 and three coming off the big win over the Bills, so they get to bask in that with a bye this week. Pats at 5-4, and four, bye. Now, those two off this week, thinking about one thing. They meet next week in Foxborough in an enormous game for both franchises. Uh, Jets have, they slayed the Bills. Now they got to prove they can beat the Pats, finally beat them. Pats just beat them two weeks ago. They get to meet again next week. So that's the thought that the coaching staffs are going through as the players get a little respite. Also, the Bengals at 5-4 and four, and the Ravens at 6-3 and three off this week. Two teams you're going to hear from second half of the season. Two teams that have serious playoff aspirations in the AFC. Now to the games. Giants host the Texans. Coming off their bye. Texans will have an unhappy Cooks back in the lineup. He thought he's unhappy because he wanted to be traded. Didn't happen. We'll see what happens, what factor he is. Here's the key to this game. The Texans, who don't win, but hang in game sometimes, don't match up well with the Giants for this reason. The Giants run the football. They run it with their quarterback. They run it with their wonderful running back. Two weeks ago, the Titans got 300 yards rushing. Last week, the Eagles, who really want to throw the ball, rushed for 143 yards. This team is going to get swallowed by the giant running game. That's going to be the difference in the game. Giants, for the most part, play close games. They're not a margin team. They're not a team that's going to blow people out. But I think this is a game where they can get a comfortable victory because of the fact that their defense is playing well. Mondale's going to do some things that are going to uh, confuse the quarterback. And they are going to run the ball, I believe, for at least 200 yards in this game. If they don't, I'll be very surprised against a Titan team that doesn't, a Texas team that doesn't play well against the run. Um, Seattle, Tampa Bay meet in Germany. They're in Munich. Okay, I hate these out-of-country games, but they throw them up. One thing is, you get a game at 9:30 in the morning, which I don't really mind. Two interesting teams here, Tampa. Stayed alive when Tom Brady drove him down the field, hit the tight end off the play action, scored the touchdown after getting the ball back with 50 seconds left and no timeouts. Typical Brady. One thing Brady this year, they don't score a lot of points, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Ten touchdowns, one interception. 
He doesn't, no matter how many passes he throws in a game, and sometimes he throws a lot of passes. He actually has gone seven games where he's thrown 40 or more passes and not thrown an interception. I mean, that's impressive stuff. Uh, Geno Smith is having a sensational year. So is Seattle. They've done an incredible job. They're a surprise team, maybe the surprise team of the whole year, maybe even more than the Giants. Seattle has gotten great play. They, they got a rookie uh, running back in Walker who's doing a great job. They got rookie tackles playing. They rebuilt the defense, and they put Geno Smith, the quarterback, and Geno Smith's got 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, and has a 73% completion percentage. He's doing a great job at quarterback. He really is, and he gets the ball down the field. Um, Tampa's still banged up. They were lucky to beat the Rams. This game will be a lot closer than people think. It really will, and don't even be shocked if Seattle wins it. Pete Carroll, 17 years as an NFL head coach, has never won fewer than six games in a season. The only other guy who can say that was Don Shula. That's an incredible thing when you think about it. And give Pete Carroll credit. He's coach of the year this year, I think, so far with what he's done in Seattle. Vikings and the Bills. Great game, probably without Josh Allen, who is nursing the UCL injury to his elbow. It's not season-threatening, but... Don't be surprised if they give him a couple of weeks off. Most thoughts are he's not going to play this week against the Vikings. But Case Keenum can run this team in a pinch. He's not Josh Allen. You don't expect him to be Josh Allen. But he can run this team and win this game. So although it's not the same game when Josh Allen's out and the Bills are not the overwhelming favorite they'd be if Josh Allen's in the lineup, Case Keenum uh, has a chance to move the team and, and win the game. So it should be a close game. Lions and Bears. The Bears have unleashed fields. The Lions are playing better on defense. Um, neither team is going anywhere, but they are both starting to move, trend a little bit upwards. Should be a very competitive game. Difference is... Fields now is making plays. He's making them with the run. They have a lot of design runs in the offense. They've done it the last two weeks. He has responded in a big way. The offense is starting to play very well under him. Watch for that again this week uh, in Chicago. Broncos and Titans. Um, Broncos' defense is good. The offense has not shown up this year. Coaching staff is weak. Titans coming off a tough loss to the Chiefs. Is Tannehill playing? That's what you want to see this week in this game. If Tannehill plays, Titans win. If they don't, it's a toss-up game. Um, I think Tannehill will play, but I'm not positive he's playing yet. So you want to check that when you get to Sunday. And the Titans win these games. They almost beat the Chiefs last week. They win these games. That's one thing they do under Vrabel. They're 5-3. and three. They win these games. Jags got a big win last week. Lawrence played well. Now they get Kansas City, so they're not going to get a win this week. Chiefs will go to 7-2. and two. After a win this week, Browns three and five against the six and three Dolphins. The Dolphins are an offensive machine, but their defense has been so porous. It's scary. And look for Chubb to have a big game this week. I think the Dolphins win this, but again, watch Chubb run the ball down their throat. I think he will, but the Browns won't be able to stop Tua and that uh, incredible passing offense. And they continue to put up. Big points and big yardage, and I think they'll do the same thing this week. Saints at 3-6, and six, off a tough loss to the Ravens, get the Steelers. Um, 
Hey, Saints have talent. Steelers are rebuilding. You know, I think you're looking at a defensive game. Who knows who wins? Colts and Raiders. This is just, you want to know, get into bizarro football. Here it is. The Colts decide, or the owner decides a couple of weeks ago, I'm not going any farther with, with Matt Ryan, who is a, I mean, an established big-time quarterback who has been really beat up behind this offensive line this year and has made mistakes, but he's still Matt Ryan. So he benches him and says he's not playing anymore for this team. Reich, not Reich's decision. The offensive coordinator goes out the door. Ryan goes to the bench. Never going to play for the Colts again. Erling is going to quarterback. Now, Reich's on the block. They stink in New England. Reich gets fired. What does Ursay do? He brings in a guy who was a really good player, but who has not been near the NFL, except as an analyst, okay? Coached high school football, and now he's the head coach of the Steelers. I mean, the head coach of the Colts. To the dismay of that whole staff, when you bring an interim in and you bring him in from the outside, you better bring in an established coach who's going to get the respect of the room. To bring in an ex-player who's not part of the staff and then expect him to expect the players in that room and the coaches who have been coaching there to all fall in the line is Almost an impossible task. Got to remember, NFL players who are veterans are independent contractors. They carry briefcases to work. They're businessmen. They're independent contractors. They're professionals. They don't like this stuff. They don't think it's professional. Nobody looked at this as a move that made any sense. They're all looking at it like, what are we doing here? Then they elevate. Parks Frazier, who's 30 years old as the new offensive coordinators, they have three offensive coordinators in three weeks. You wonder why the offense can't move the ball. And Reich, it wasn't his fault. Reich's a good coach. Ursay's out of control. The team is a joke. This is a team that had talent. It has fallen apart. And once the defense stops fighting in these games, this team's going to get just completely trampled. It's been losing fairly close. Last week, they didn't lose close to New England because they turned the ball over late and the game got out of hand. Raiders, on the other hand, are 2-6 and six and have blown leads of 17, 17, and 20 points this year. Raiders have way too much talent to play like this. Way too much talent. But they continue to just fall apart in games, and you have to look at this coach and say, is he ever going to be a winning head coach? You would think the Raiders would win this game, but, you know, the Raiders are the perfect team to give something up late to anybody. To the Colts, we'll see. I mean, what a mess this is. And No one's knocking Jeff Saturday for taking the job. If somebody came to you and said, listen, you were... Very good football player. You played on some really good teams. You played with some great players, including Peyton Manning. You understand the sport. You want to be a head coach? Now, Saturday is a 
I'm not saying he doesn't have the makings of being a coach. Who knows? You don't know. But this is an impossible, impossible situation to be parachuted into. The idea that you're going to get, those coaches are going to be annoyed that this has happened. And that one of them wasn't chosen as the interim. It's a absurd situation. It really is. Cowboys and the Packers. Hey, Fox promoted this game everywhere they could for two weeks. Oh, the great Cowboys and the Packers meet again. Show film of the Ice Bowl, Lombardi, Landry, Jethro Pugh, Chuck Mercine, Vince Lombardi. You know what? Packers have never been worse than they are right now. <laughs> They're terrible. They can't get out of their own way. What are they going to do against the Dallas defense? They can't move the ball against anybody. And this game, hey, the Packers, you've seen them on national TV all the time. You've been seeing them on national TV all the time for years. Don't expect to see a lot of them after this week anymore. They're going to flex out any game they can with the Packers the rest of the season. Cards and Rams, who cares? Chargers and Niners is the Sunday night game. Chargers, still a little banged up, dangerous. Niners, very dangerous. Niners, healthy, bear watching. With McCaffrey, with Debo, with Ayuk, with all these guys, the two lines, they could be a very scary team the second half of the season. They're four and four. Watch them. They could get very good. And they have a chance, I think, to be a, they're the team you want to watch going forward the second half of the season. You really do. And then Monday night, you haven't seen a lot of the Eagles. You've heard their eight no. You probably haven't seen a ton of them this year. You've seen their highlights where they score 20 points, it seems, in the first quarter every week and are up 21 nothing, or 17 nothing, or 14 nothing, or 21-3 in almost every game, and they coast to a victory. That's been the Eagles season on their 8-0 start. Uh, you're going to see a lot of them coming up. Meet the Eagles. Meet the NFC East. You're going to see a lot of both. In prime time, in games, starting with the Giants and the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Any big Eagle game the rest of the way is going to be a game that's going to be seen by a lot. You're going to have the Giants and the Eagles twice. You're going to have the Cowboys and the Eagles. You're going to have the Eagles in a lot of big spots starting this weekend on Monday night against the uh, Commodores. Whenever, I mean, excuse me, the Commodores, the Commanders, whenever the I hate the commander's nickname, so that's why I call them the Commodores. But I, 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 I still want to call them the Redskins, but I can't. So the commanders win games they shouldn't win, but they're not in the Eagles class. So you figure the Eagles win. But sooner or later, the Eagles got to have a really close game or be threatened. I mean, they're not going undefeated. I don't know which week they cough it up. Probably won't be this week. Okay. But you will see a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles the rest of the way. I, I promise you there's a lot of you out there that haven't seen the Eagles once this year. You've seen plenty of highlights. You've seen plenty of touchdowns. When they went for a scoring update, a lot of times it was the Eagles scoring. But you, now you're going to start to see them a lot over the second half of the season. And if you're thinking, hey, can the Eagles... Can they go undefeated? Can they be the second team? The answer, first of all, is a resounding no. Okay? It never happens. It's not going to happen with this team. All right? 
let's not even take it seriously. After this week's game, they have at the Colts, okay, which no longer ranks as a no longer ranks as a tough game. Not anymore does it rank as a tough game. Then after that, they have Thanksgiving week. They are uh, in the Sunday night game, which they'll probably, I would think, I would think they would leave it alone because uh, it's the Packers and the Eagles. So I think they'll leave it alone. Uh, they would have already had to move this game, so I don't think they did. Um, so you got the Packers and the Eagles in prime time, but again, not the tough game that you thought in Philadelphia. Then let's see where we go from there. They're going to play Washington again. Then they're going to play at the Giants. That's a big game on the 11th. Then after that, you're going to see the uh, they're at the Bears. Not a overly tough game. And then they close with two tough games. Okay? They close with the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Four o'clock in the afternoon, 4.30. That'll be the big doubleheader game. Christmas Eve, wherever you are, trimming the tree, getting everything ready for the big day. You will be watching the Cowboys and the Eagles. And then the last week, the last two weeks, they are Saints at home, not overly tough. And then if they're undefeated, shades of the old New England Giants and Eagles, except this time the game will be in Philly if the Giants are playing an undefeated team. Last time they welcomed New England into their building, remember, uh, when they were undefeated, and then wound up beating them in the Super Bowl, as we all know. Giants and Eagles. So the late in the season, the Eagles will get the Giants twice, and they will get the Cowboys. Those are the toughest games remaining on the schedule. Division games late, two games with the Giants, and then, of course, the game in Dallas. If they're undefeated going to Dallas on, thanks, on, on Christmas Eve, that game will be enormous. It will be an incredibly highly rated game, an enormously rated game. If they can get that far, that's a long way to go. Got a long way to go before we get that far. But there's not a lot. I got to be honest. It's not a, you know, they don't have the Chiefs. They don't have the Bills. They don't have a team on there standing in their way that you're saying, you know, wow. But the Cowboys with that defense could be very, very tough. And the Giants are not going to be a, in any way an easy game for them. Not in any way. And they play them twice. Your emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. We're on the Bet Rivers Network as always, and for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. So whatever you need, just go to their uh, app, uh, and you'll find everything you need for all your needs there. And the program, of course, 
always on the Bet Rivers Network and wherever you can find your podcast. All right, send your emails to MikeFrancisPodcast at gmail.com. That's where you want to send them. We'll get to as many as we can on this uh, Football Friday for week number 10 in the National Football League. As I told you opening week, before you blink, before you blink, it's week six, week 10. It's already week 10 in the National Football League. It goes so fast. Nothing moves like an NFL regular season. Before you know it, it's going to be Thanksgiving, then Christmas, and then week 18, and we'll be talking playoffs. It's amazing how fast the NFL season goes. It's already week 10. It was just yesterday where we said, hello, it's opening week uh, here on the Football Friday podcast. All right, here we go. Charlie in Vermont, who is your NFL defensive MVP at this point of the season? Is Source Gardner in the conversation? No, he's not in the conversation. He is back and forth, back and forth with being the best rookie deep back in the league. He doesn't even have that sewed up yet. He's not an MVP candidate, but he's a future Pro Bowl, future All-Pro player, but he's not. I think that uh, the first half the best defensive player in the league, in my mind, resides in Dallas. Brian in Maryland, uh, in this age of all about me touchdown celebrations and classless showboating, it's so refreshing to watch uh, Nick Chubb when he scores a touchdown. He uh, acknowledges his teammates and jogs to the sideline. Uh, he's a throwback player. He reminds me of the guys I grew up watching, like Bavaro. Um, Yes, I, 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 I've never been one to like the stupid choreographed celebrations. I've never been one that likes the idea of a guy celebrating a touchdown when the team's behind. Um, I would prefer to see what Chubb does, but I've come to understand that this is just part of modern football. You know, it's all about me. Hey, you're just happy when they don't do a dance after a first down. And they only point after a first down. So to me, you know, we got to be thankful for small favors. And I've kind of gotten numb to those things as far as the uh, touchdown celebrations. Last night, Foreman scored and jumped into the stands, and I think he was going to buy a ticket. He went, he went up like five rows and sat down. I mean, it was, you know, crazy. listen, get in the end zone. Give the ball to the official and get out of there. Otis, would you say at this point Dave and Salah would be two finalists for Coach of the Year? Yeah, I guess so. I would say yes, but I think there are other candidates, including Pete Carroll would be an enormous candidate. I thought Seattle was going to win four or five games this year. They've already won more. You know, Walker's been sensational. He's, got, he's found a couple of tackles out of nowhere. He's rebuilt a defense out of nowhere, and he went to Geno Smith, and it worked. I think he's your coach of the year so far. Uh, and I think Dable's done an incredible job. I think he's done an even better job than Salah because I think Salah's got better talent. Ben, could the package struggles be 100% put on Adams getting traded? It is an enormous factor. If they had Adams, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, if they had Adams with, with Aaron Rodgers, this year, 
the Packers never would have gone into this slide. They would have won games early. It would have changed everything. They would have uh, been a winning team. I firmly believe that the loss of Adams completely destroyed that team because nobody stood up. They got injuries. They had inefficiency. The rookies didn't do the job. A lot of them have gotten hurt. Uh, So he's had no targets. He's gone into a funk. The team's gone into a funk. So I think if he had been there, it would have changed everything. Absolutely. Uh, Chris in Seattle. Mike, what are your thoughts on Geno Smith? Are the Seahawks contenders or pretenders? Hey, I was dead wrong about the Seahawks. I admit it. I thought the schedule they played and with the holes they had to fill, with Geno at quarterback, with no offensive line, with no defense, I thought this was the year they were going to have to give to rebuilding. They have done a sensational job, and it has snowballed. And Geno Smith has found a home, and he has done an incredible job. He's the comeback player of the year, and he's not just playing okay. He's playing really well. 73% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, four intercepts, making really good throws, making plays when the games are on the line, and that's the difference. You know that? See, what happens with a team is you start off and you got a lot of question marks, okay? And you got a lot of players that you don't know about and you don't know what's going to happen. And you win the first game 17-16 because the Broncos fumbled twice inside the five-yard line going into the end zone and give you the game. You take it with both hands. But what it does is, instead of a loss in week one, now you get a win in week one. Okay? Then you go to to San Francisco in week two and get blown out, as you expected. But you're not 0-2. You're 1-1. And it changes things. You're not 0-2. And you know what? You thought you you played like you should have been 0-2. Then you get beat by the Falcons in your building. And you're not 0-3. If you're 0-3, the rails are coming off. You're 1-2. You're within one game of getting things straightened out. You sneak past the Lions in game four, 48-45. Now you're 2-2. You're not 0-4. You should have lost to the Broncos. You could have lost to the Lions. You could easily be 0-4. You're 2-2. Now that people are starting to buy in in the building. Now your coaching is starting to take hold. Now people are coming to work and they're saying, hey, you know what? We got a season. It makes all the difference in the world. It changes everything. When you get those early weeks and you don't fall apart in the league, it really changes everything. It really does. It makes such a difference. And that's what happened for this team. I mean, it really did. This team... They went and they played week five in New Orleans and they lost. But instead of being 0-5, which they could have easily been, they're three and they're two and three. They're a game away from getting things straightened out. What happens? They go home and they beat the Cardinals. Now they're three and three. They're not, they're three and three. And they're buying in. And you know what? Since then, they haven't lost. 
Now they're six and three. Now they believe they're a football team. Now they believe in Geno Smith. Now they believe in Pete Carroll. Now Walker is no longer an untested rookie. He's a stud running back who gets 100 yards and a touchdown every week. Now those young tackles are playing like they believe in themselves. Now that defense is starting to buy in to how they're coached. Now the 12th man works in Seattle. Now the crowd's back into it. Now winning there is tough again. They overcame a rocky start, got a couple of bounces their way, and instead of having an 0-4 start and being a nightmare and being right now 1-8, they're 6-3. and three. That's how quickly it can change in this league. And they've won a bunch of tight games, but they continue to win them. They continue to win them. And the Giants came out there and they beat the Giants. They beat them pillar to post. So I always talk about how a team can have a season that could have been a bad one turn around when you get off to a fast start. The Giants have seen that. Seattle has now seen that. And now they're a team that thinks they can go to the playoffs. And you know what? That division has fallen apart, so why can't they? If they win this game and go to 7-3, and three, they have a great chance. A great chance. If they can beat Tampa Bay this week, and Tampa Bay is looking to get to 5-5, five and five, and Tampa Bay obviously has Brady, and they have a real good defense. They are banged up. And I don't know if Seattle can hold off San Francisco because San Francisco's got a lot of talent. But this is a really big game as far as if you want the if you want Seattle to go to the playoffs this year, then this is a game this week in Germany. You need to win. Brian, would you say would you start a team with Allen or Mahomes today? That's a really good question. I'll take either one. If I can have one or the other. I like Mahomes a little more. Allen, to me, still makes the mistake and still uses his legs more than I'm comfortable with. So I would take Mahomes. Uh, Ron emails, did you think Fields' game has improved? Absolutely. Now, what they did was they tried to make him a passer early. And then they finally said, you know what? We're going, to, we're going to do what the Giants are doing. We are going to let the running quarterback run. His legs are his best attribute. We're going to let him accentuate his best attribute, and then we'll pass off that. We'll pass off play action. We'll pass off play fakes. We'll utilize the running game. So they came out a couple of weeks ago when they stunned New England, and they came out with a bunch of design runs for him. I think 12 in the game. They had been doing one or two. Now they came away with 12. Now all of a sudden, we're letting them run. And you know what? They let the horse out of the barn, and he is absolutely running around, and he's having a ball. He's having an absolute ball, and he is becoming extremely dangerous. Now, I don't want to 
talk about the Miami defense being anything special because it's not. But last week, Fields ran 15 times for 178 yards. Then he passed 17 times for 20, 17 to 23 for just 120 yards, but three touchdown passes. So he threw three touchdown passes. He had a 61-yard touchdown run, and he ran for 178 yards. Think about that. You won, and they lost that game 35-32, but you are not going to control a quarterback. You're not going to keep him off the scoreboard if he rushes for 178 yards. They didn't. They just outscored him. But you're seeing him have those type of games now where he is just running and then everything comes off the run. That makes it very, very, very hard to defend. I mean, extremely hard to defend. Now, the Cowboy defense, he rushed that day for 60 yards. Uh, he moved the ball a little bit, but the Cowboy defense did a good job in that game. They got to the quarterback. They made some big plays. Uh, they also, you know, moved the ball, you know, tr- dramatically on the on the ground. But um, he's definitely becoming a much, much more accomplished, much more accomplished player, and a much more confident player. And it comes from the fact that he. He knows he can run the ball on everybody. He knows he can go out there and make plays with his legs, and then he, they let him make plays with his arm off the plays that he makes with his legs. So they're accentuating that. Can you do that long, time, long term? Guys can get hurt that way. But right now he's running up a storm. I think he will again this week against the, against the Lions. I think he will run up a storm again. Uh Joey from Philadelphia, even though they are undefeated, it seems like the Eagles aren't getting the respect they deserve from analysts. Why is that? Because they're not yet sold on any part of the Eagles. Everyone is coming. Everybody is coming to make a decision in their own mind about the Eagles quarterback, little by little. Nobody really, I don't think, believed nationally in Hurts. And they're watching this guy connect with these really outstanding receivers and making big play week after week after week. I mean, if you look each week, I mean... Hertz's numbers all the way through have been sensational. He's thrown for three. He's thrown for two. He's thrown for three. He's thrown for four. He's thrown for two. And he runs for two. He runs for two. He runs here. He runs there. He does this. Another quarterback who can hurt you with his legs. He's not looking to make a lot of rushes. But when he needs to make a run, he can He's had games where he rushed 11 times. He's had games where he's rushed twice. But he's got big play receivers. And he's put up big numbers. 
and they're starting to believe in the coaching staff, and they're starting to believe in the quarterback. And they haven't seen a lot of the Eagles yet, but they know they're right now, and everyone's starting to say grudgingly, okay, we got to take the Eagles seriously. Right now, I think if you asked everyone, give me the three best teams in football, they would still go Bills with a healthy Allen, Chiefs, or Chiefs and Bills, and then Eagles. Nobody's putting the Eagles first. If you ask me today, I'm going Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. And I don't know if I'd pick the Eagles yet out of the NFC to win the Super Bowl. So I agree that we're being grudging with our, you know, with our praise of the Eagles. I think it is coming grudgingly. I think part of it is we haven't seen a lot of the Eagles. And number two, I think a lot of people didn't believe in a lot of the personnel there. And now they're seeing it really work. Justin, what is Ursay doing in Indy? What he's doing is showing you what happens to an NFL franchise when an owner runs amok. When the owner has decided, I'm in charge, I'll make all the decisions, I will decide what's happening here, you get utter chaos. This is a guy who this team is to him a toy. Okay? He's always been an erratic owner. His father was an erratic owner. And he's run amok. How he handled the Matt Ryan thing was atrocious. How he handled the Reich thing was even worse. And how he handled the replacing the Reich was even worse. He has completely created nothing but chaos with the Colts. Their season's not only over, the only question is how much embarrassment they're going to have the rest of the way. Um, John in Texas asks a very good question. Even with Sean Payton being available, is McCarthy now safe with the Cowboys? It's no secret that there's been an attraction between Sean Payton and the Cowboys for years. Both ways. But the Cowboys have a chance to make a big run this year. They have a really good defense. And they should be able to get the offense going as they make a transition to Pollard at running back because that transition is being made. There's no question about that. Um, The Cowboys are good, and they're really good defensively. And to me, they have a great defensive player, the best defensive player in the league, and that's a dominant figure. Um. They, are a, they have a chance, and the Cowboys have disappointed you in the playoffs for a long time. They have a chance to have a big run in the playoffs this year. And I would think if they make that run, you know, McCarthy's got to be very safe. I think if they disappoint and crash and burn in their first playoff game, I still don't think he'd be safe based on what he did in the regular season. So I wouldn't say yet that the regular season will make him safe. I think they're going to have to have some postseason success. Enjoy your week number 10. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.